Thank you, Matt, uh, for leading us in worship. Uh, at this time, I'd like to introduce uh, a special couple. They belong to Highlands Church in, uh, uh, in San Bruno. They've done a lot of missionary work. They're uh, Russian-Ukrainian descendants, uh, and they like to talk about uh, a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine. So, again, with no further ado, I'd like to get David and Olga up here. Good morning. Uh, it is always good to be in the presence of God's children. And uh, we are privileged to be here and to participate in your worship service this morning. Um, we have been working with you in Ukraine and uh, in that part of the world for many, many years now. And it, is, it saddens our heart to see what is going on there. But we know that our God is still in control, that our God is still doing miracles even at this time in the Ukraine. And so we are grateful for that. Uh, let me introduce myself. My name is David Ilian. I've been working with um, Church of the Highlands and they had founded in 1989 a Bible, a Bible college in the Ukraine. It was a, a college that was there to serve uh, the church, because the church at that time started to grow very quickly, and they came to us and said, we need people that will minister. So we created a ministry training college for them. At that time, it was uh, run, uh, it was taught by all uh, international teachers. We had all visiting faculty, and the uh, school was broken down into 18 subjects throughout the year. So every two weeks they would, they would focus on a different subject and we would have a different visiting faculty member come in. And uh, it was very successful, I have to say, because I had the privilege of these last three years going back and working in Ukraine again after uh, coming back and uh, staying at my home church. And to see the fruit that God has produced through this just small school that was that was run there is just amazing. Uh, we can go to almost any church in Ukraine and many, most churches, uh, I, I should say most uh, Protestant churches in uh, Russia and Ukraine and say, we're from St. James Bible College. And they, oh, we know somebody that was at St. James. Oh, our pastor is from St. James. Oh, our worship leader is from St. James. Oh, our Sunday school teacher was in St. James because we were the only school at that time that was accepting women because the other seminaries that were there were exclusively for men. So it was a, a, a big change for them and we had such great uh, success in the fact that those that completed the college went, continued on in ministry. They went on to theological schools, they went on to uh, work in their churches and start programs and so on. So that's a little bit of our background. And uh, <clears throat> from our first graduating class, uh, I was single when I first went there. The first graduating class, my, my sister called me and said, David, there's somebody in this class that you have to meet. <laughs> and I said, is that right? And, I, and she said, yeah, there's somebody here. I just know that, that this person will be right for you. Uh, okay, we'll see. And who does that person happen to be? My wife, Olga. <laughs> and we already met back then. 
We already saw each other. And, and we already knew each other, so we knew that something was in, in, in the works there, planning to go on with that. Um, so this morning, we'd like to share a little bit about ourselves, uh, share a little bit about the ministry that has taken place in Ukraine. And we'd like also for you to participate as we're speaking. Please think of questions. Please think of, of uh, uh, what, what you would like to know, because uh, this was a very impromptu kind of meeting. But we have a lot of information that we'd like to share with you. And I know that uh, you see a lot of the news that's going on. I mean, we don't have a presentation here, because just turn on any news channel, and you can see what's happening in Ukraine right now. Um, there's, there's so many changes that have taken place in the last couple of years. Uh, actually, since 2014, when the uh, revolution took place, and they put in a new president, and then uh, Russia came in and took part of Ukraine, took the Crimea, and started the conflict in the East. Uh, since then, so many things have changed, but also the church has grown so much during this time. Um, I'll, I'll let my wife say a little bit about uh, Ukraine and about her experience there. Yeah, first of all, good morning. It's so good to be here. It's a big privilege for me to speak and to come to meet new people and to to know more people that are brothers and sisters in Christ. So I was born in Ukraine. I'm from the capital of Ukraine. And uh, while growing up, I know that my grandmother and my mom, we were always praying secretly. And probably it was like in the 90s, the churches started appear, appearing, like Protestant churches. It was different. We could go and we could worship and we could gather together and we were not prosecuted. And at that at that time, the St. James Bible College, like my pastor said, that it, this will be opportunity, but it's only for men. It's for pastors to be trained. And I, at that time, I was helping at the uh, children's ministry and I was doing while everybody's in church, I was teaching teaching Bible classes, and I knew that I need more knowledge. I knew that there is always one student when I'm teaching, he's running around, or when we're running around, he's not listening. So I came to my pastor and I said, please, can I, can I be on the list? And he said, no, 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 there is no chance for you. It's for, for men, we need pastors. And uh, one morning I was keep praying and fasting and one morning he called me and he said actually there is one opportunity and I put you on the list but it's not 100% just try and the day I, for interview we got all together the, the young men that were leading the church and I was there we were taking a public transportation and standing there together and they were asking me why are you here I said I don't know it's God's will I, I, I'm praying I need I need to be there too. And then we went for interview and it was Pastor Shelley and David there. And after the interview, we came out and it was pouring rain. It wasn't just raining. It was like a waterfall from sky. And I thought, it's a sign, I am accepted. I told them, I am accepted. How do you know? We don't know yet. I said, yeah, I know somehow, I feel it. And it, that was true. And we graduated. I was the first. It was the first 
class from the Kiev, capital of Ukraine, and we were so blessed because every morning we, we were from different churches, some students were Baptists, some were more like traditional, some Pentecostals, some more charismatic churches, but because we shared that uh, prayer together, it, we, we got connected. It was no more like, this is right, Your, my church is the most right one, like the Pentecostal church, you have to only do this, a very scarf. And it was not just a knowledge that we gained, we were united by the love of God. And it was priceless because we're, we carry it, it through after we become leaders ourselves. And uh, so my personal history, I have a twin brother. My mom passed away when I was very young from cancer. I was 26. And I have a father that is 81 right now. And when the war started, my brother called me the first day of war. Like, it was, his time was like seven in the morning and my time was late at night. And he said, Olga, the war had started. And I asked him, where? He said, it's here. It's a shelling and it's bombing and it's so loud. And I am really, really scared. And I think I have to do something. So he had to, when it was too loud and too noisy and the windows started shattering in the house, he had to take my father, grab something from the house really, really quick and go to the car and just drive away. So it was a blessing because after they left, the bridge leading to the teeny tiny town, it was outskirts of, of the Kiev, was destroyed. And if they would have stayed, they would have had no electricity, no food, because the store that is supplying that little city, was, it wasn't the main store. People usually went through the bridge to the big supermarket. And uh, for probably months and a half, we were supporting them because they were not able to cross the border. They didn't take any documents for my father's disability. They were running. They were not planning to travel or to do anything. And uh, with a lot of prayers and a lot of help, after three hospitals in three different cities, they, like a month ago, they were able to cross the border. And they're right now uh, in Geneva. We knew somebody from United States that has a church in, on the border of Geneva and France. So from Poland, they went all the way over there and the, those people, Christians, hosted them and helped them and supported them. And it's a miracle because for somebody who is, it's like a big child with you. There is a lot of help, but families want to take somebody with children, not an elderly disabled person that is telling you, I am so happy to see you. I was planning to stop and to your, to your house yesterday. He thinks everybody is his neighbor. He doesn't have a memory. He has only short-term, short-term memory is gone. You know how results gamer. So I'm very thankful to God for, for that. And another miracle that we share with everybody. 
uh, it happened that I have some family in Bucha. It's a small town. It was all over the news. It's a small town not far away from Kiev. And uh, the street that my aunt and her, my two uh, cousins live was all over the news. And the first three days of war, I was able to talk to them, to support them, and then they disappeared for almost months and a half. So I had a hope, but in my heart, I was so broken. I saw that the bodies that they're showing that are unidentified, that's their bodies. But I, I, I refused. I said, God, until I know, I'm going to continue having hope and praying. And we contacted Church of the Highlands, other churches, and so many people prayed. And small groups, we gave them the names, Sophia, Igor, and Andre, for God to spare them. And after a week, when the, the town of Bucha was liberated already by Ukrainians, we still didn't hear anything. And then finally, I was able to break through and hear from my cousin on Biber. And there's all three of them is alive. And everybody on their street are killed. Everybody, the street is like we have a video on a movie, it's all destroyed. And it's, 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 a, it's a powerful witness, how, witnessing how the prayer, we have a weapon that is stronger than any weapon in the world. They, they, were, they stayed in a basement, and because they have a veil on the property, and their house is not huge, nobody entered their house in particular. And they were able to crawl and get water and somehow feed themselves. My cousin is like seven years younger than me. And he said, uh, my weight right now is like in middle school. That's how much. But they are alive. And we have so many um, testimonies like that from churches, people who stayed behind to help others. Like they converted the churches into the shelters. They distributed food. They stayed and they persevered and they, they're witnessing. And uh, I feel like I, I found the connection for me with the Bible verse from the Ephesians 6, 12, that uh, is saying that our battle is, you just see, I just lost the connection. Let me just go back. Just want to read because I remember it in, in my language, but not in English. It says that for our, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And this is exactly what I, I'm seeing and witnessing in my spirit and in my soul, that there is a battle that's happening in heaven. I see that battle, I see that angels are fight, fighting, that God is protecting and trying to do something, but the great evil is unleashed and it's visible right now. It, he was hiding like a wolf 
in, in the, как сказать? Ships. In the skin of the ship. And right now it, it's here. A lot of people telling me, how come God is allowing it? God is not allowing it. It's a sin that happened in the Garden of Eden and it continued to dwell and now it become powerful, but it doesn't mean that it will win. We know that the light, you could have a little bit of light and it will shine. We know that that's who's winning. We're just witnessing evil. It's, it's not just in Ukraine. Look at our country. I am a school teacher. It's not even said, it's absurd, it's surreal. How is it possible that people could come and hurt children? How is it possible that weapons are allowed to 18 years old, to mentally ill, and why do we need weapons? Why do we have to be allowed to have them? So I, I am in prayer, I'm so thankful to all the Christians that are praying and lifting Ukraine up. I'm so thankful to the whole world that's standing up and supporting Ukraine. And my message to you, keep praying, keep believing. We have such a wonderful, wonderful, strong, it's stronger than anything anybody could have because we're connected to God. He is creator of this world. He, is, he gives life. Evil cannot give life. They think they're taking they're killing, they're stopping, they're destroying, but the life continues in heaven. Like Ukraine right now, is this blood, is, it's a holy land right now. Because there's too many angels that are died there, children, women, elderly, that their rights were violated, but they're in heaven with God. And I know that somehow the war will, we, it's gonna be a lot of sacrifice, but the end, we know the end. Because God is on our side. And that evil, you know, where the evil is going to go, where it belongs, to hell. Yeah, so thank you so much. I have a tendency to speak a lot. <laughs> That's you know, how I'm <clears throat> emotional. We always love to hear uh, testimonies that are taking place and what the <laughs> Lord is doing. Um, we have another, um, we have many pastors and we hear from them all the time, almost daily. We are in contact with people all over the Ukraine. Uh, a good friend of ours, uh, Oksana and her husband, they pastor a church in Kiev. Um, their church is really an amazing place because they have a very large building. It was built by an American pastor. And at this time, they have 13 different churches that meet at different times in that building, which it's become really a center, a Christian center there. Um, in, in talking with them in these last weeks, uh, they have been, we've been supporting them, uh, helping them out as much as we can. They have been going to the villages around Ukraine and have been uh, helping people that are left there after the, the Russians come in and occupy, the Ukrainians push them back, and then when, once the villages are liberated, they, they can go in and bring humanitarian aid in there. They bring water, they bring generators, they try and, and get the people some kind of living standards because when the Russians come through, they destroy everything. The houses, the, the, the uh, schools, the hospitals, all those things, the, the stores, everything is just gone. And um, they said one of their main things is they try to help the villages and clear out the wells 
because the Russians, when they kill people, throw them into the wells to poison the wells for the rest of the, the village. So that they, you know, we, we hear these things. We don't understand how it's possible, but we know that there are good people that come and help and, and clear up these things so that people have water for their lives. They have electricity that they can live in. Um, I, I couldn't imagine when the war first began in February, it was spring here in California, but it was still winter there. And it, 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 winter is very cold there. If you can imagine that your house is, is destroyed, you have no water, you have no electricity, and where do you go? How do you, you can't even live in a tent because it's snowing and, and freezing outside. Um, it, it was a very, very critical time, that, that first month of, of the war. Uh, not that any, it's any easier now, but um, I always say that we have good news and we have bad news. The bad news is that the war continues, but the good news is that God still does miracles. So we have seen so many things and heard of so many things that are, are positive also. A good friend of ours, one of our graduates, uh, started one of the first Christian private schools in the area of Kiev. He and his family had to flee to the western part of Ukraine. In the western part of Ukraine, so many families have come. In, in uh, the city of Lvov, at uh, the beginning of the war, they were up from 10 to 15,000 people arriving per hour into the city. And all those people are still there in the western part of Ukraine. We have over 5 million people that have come into uh, Europe, uh, have left the country altogether. Uh, but there's still about 35 million people in the country. So uh, there's still a lot of uh, displacement. People have gone to all different areas to, to be safe from where the, the war is going on. Um, he and his family are in the western part of Ukraine, my, our friend Nikolai. They are now trying to create a Christian school in that part of, of the Ukraine where they're at because so many families have come. That part of Ukraine has allowed for any people working in IT, freelance people, uh, that was a big part of the economy in Ukraine. Now they're all in the western side, so so many families have come, the, the local schools can't support them. There's not enough space in the local schools for all those children. So he is going to the local churches and asking the local pastors to start private schools within their congregations, open up their churches, because when do you come to church? On Sunday. And between Sunday, between Sunday, Monday and Saturday, what's happening at the church? A lot of times, not that much. Maybe in the evenings you have service, but during the day, it's open. So he was very wise in meeting with pastors and starting to open these private schools where they can have children. And uh, we know that with children especially, if you put those seeds in their heart, that God will, will produce fruit from those seeds, that the Holy Spirit will water them. Our job is just to put those seeds, to start putting those seeds, you know. Uh, working with uh, Church of the Highlands for many years, I've seen it over and over again where we have non-Christian children that come to the school and eventually they become Christian, go home and tell their parents, and their parents become Christian. And a lot of the families at, at uh, 
our church are there because the seed has been planted in the heart of a child. And so this is also a very important ministry for us to continue in Ukraine. Um, Olga and I have, in the last three years, been investing in Ukraine, and uh, we have um, invested into an apartment there so that we could have a place for ministry. And unfortunately, our building is still standing, but the, all of the uh, construction has been frozen. There's, there's nothing going on there right now. And so we are praying and hoping that uh, uh, as we pray and look forward, I keep getting the feeling in my heart of rebuilding, rebuilding, rebuilding. This is a time to rebuild. And it's like, Lord, but everything's being destroyed. How? But everything is in God's timing. That's what we have to know and we have to uh, appreciate that. Olga and I did never thought that we would be going and, and sharing and people were, would be interested in Ukraine because sometimes as missionaries it's a battle. You have to raise support. You have to find ways to uh, make ends meet and, and uh, you're kind of split between two countries. We're sometimes in the United States, sometimes in, in Kiev. And um, the time, this is the time that the Lord has, has ordained. And we know who wins the battle in the end. We, we know uh, how it will happen is still unclear. Uh, when it will end, we don't know. Uh, when this first happened, I remember that so clearly when um, President Biden said that, this, that these following sanctions will be employed regarding Russia. And the, the reporters asked him, well, how long do you think, uh, uh, when do you think it will take effect? And he said, well, we'll see what will happen in the next month. And I thought, how can that be possible? The next month, people are dying today. It's not possible the next month. Now, 90 some days later, it still continues. And um, so we, we don't know what the timing is. We don't know how it will be. But uh, we're hoping, we're praying, that we can go to Ukraine this summer. Uh, in the next uh, couple of months, the next couple of weeks, our daughter is there currently in um, Geneva. She went to visit grandpa and, and her uncle because they're still going through the whole immigration refugee process there. Um, and uh, so we're hoping if, if we get to Ukraine, possibly to Poland, then we can get in, into the country and. Uh, uh, you know, find some way to support those people there. That, that's our main objective is how do we get help to those people there at this time. Um, it has been just, I have to say, just one door opening after another. And in the last months, God has allowed us to work with uh, Slavic Christian ministries and uh, bring a lot of support to a lot of people. I think one of the main differences with working with uh, Slavic Christian Ministries is that we are working directly in contact with different Christians that are, are there, different refugees, helping out where we can and sending money directly to them rather than through an organization. And a lot of times we don't know what funds get sent to Ukraine, what funds are used for administration or other things. 
So we, we've been really fortunate and very blessed to be a part of this ministry where we can, we know the needs, we have direct contacts, we have 600 people that we know personally, and we can uh, talk to them, reach them, and you know, I, I'm always afraid that MoneyGram will one day just block me because I'm always sending here and sending $200 there, $200 there, $200 there. And uh, sometimes they don't like you to send too much. Uh, uh, you guys know what the world system is like. It's very, very confusing sometimes. But uh, God has been gracious, and we've been able to uh, minister to many, many people there. But this is really a time that we get used to the idea of a war, but it's not something that we can get used to. It's also not something that we can forget. We have our own problems here in this country. We have difficulties all around us. But uh, right now, this battle is clearly a spiritual battle against tyranny. If this tyranny is allowed to be victorious, what is going to stop it in the future? What is going to stop uh, Russia from moving into any other country that's the one of their neighbors? Into Europe. <clears throat> in, uh, um, you know, their partnership with China is getting stronger and stronger, and that's also very scary. We have uh, friends from Taiwan that say, we're watching this very closely because we are looking at well, how is the world going to respond in this situation because we have something similar in our country. And so uh, this is a very, very important time in our history, important time in the history of Ukraine, important time in the history of Russia. We, we thought for many years as Americans, we are people who say, uh, who always go and we are proud of somebody else's success. We give people the benefit of the doubt. We imagine that they have the same thinking that, that we do. But we see the Cold War that has taken place many years ago and the isolation that Russia has brought itself into again. So um, as Americans, we need to stand strong. We need to support one another. And uh, uh, if we could only have a little bit of the unity that I see in Ukraine, our country would be very different. In Ukraine right now, people are reaching out to one another. Neighbors are supporting neighbors. Um, people are fighting those who are trying to loot homes or trying to rob or trying to do something uh, immoral. Other people stand up around them because they cannot be silent at this time. And, and help one another. So the unity that it has brought about in, in the country is just tremendous to see. So we have been very blessed by this. Um, any questions for us? Um, we want to have some time to, to spend with you also. I know there's, there's a lot of information. A lot of things have taken place in the last months. Yes. Because well, a lot of it is because uh, Europe has opened up the doors and said we will uh, take care of all the immigrants for the next three years. They have opened visas for the Ukrainians, 
And also, the, the Ukraine doesn't have the facilities to take all those people. It's millions of people that have moved to another part of the country. Yeah, it's not just facilities. There is no infrastructure. Like European countries, they have a Red Cross. They have other organizations that have money to accept refugees. They sign the contracts with families that sharing the home supporting those families and the people have place to live and it's mostly women with children they have a right to take their children to preschool or to school europe also open up like they lifted all the licensing i have some friends like for example a lady with a five-year-old boy and she's a amazingly good hairdresser and she's in france without any language they just gave her a little test and she's working just looking at the picture. So they lifted the license. You don't have to have a license. If you're Ukrainian, you could work. If Europe did not open those doors, the people would be on the streets dying. It was cold. If your house is completely destroyed, like you turn around and it's nothing, you have nowhere to go. Western Ukraine, why people are, are flocking there? Because it's closer to the border with Poland. But it's the Lviv and several big cities. It's a big cities, beautiful cities. The rest of it, it's villages. And it's kind of like very hilly, like Lake Tahoe. It's high in the mountains. And they don't have a big infrastructure, like lots of schools or places to work, or even places to live. And whoever could, they accepted refugees. But right now, there is not enough spaces. And like, for example, with my father, he could not go to the uh, refugees camp because first several weeks it's a big like gym or a church and you sleep on a sleeping bag or on the floor. And he was constantly getting up and going home. And my brother couldn't even go to the restrooms. They needed a room. So it's a lot of little things. So Europe was very gracious. And plus, Ukraine is closed to Europe, it's like two hours, two and a half hours to Amsterdam or to Paris. So uh, people traveled extensively for the past 10 years. And it's almost like there is no border because Ukrainians don't need to have a visa to go to Europe. So a lot of them worked in European countries and uh, new generations, a lot of them have good education and they speak English. So that's why. <coughs> I think our time is up. Um, yeah. So thank you very much. Uh, can can I ask all of us to stand up and pray? Uh, I'm, I'm uh, going to say the same thing as what I would like to do. Is I would like to lead in a prayer. If everybody can extend their hands. Uh, I like to. Yes. Lead thank us you. In a thank prayer. you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, David and Olga and just in talent and. and Give them their testimony and, and talking about what's going on in Ukraine. We need to hear these things, Lord. We need to know what's going on in other parts of the world. We also know, Lord, that you are in control. Now, I'm reminded on, I'm reminded, uh, Philippians 1.6 says this, Being confident in this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on through completion. I pray, Lord, that the work that David and Olga had started, uh, the churches that are, that are ongoing in Ukraine, will carry on. Until, like you said, completion. Until the day of your son, Jesus Christ. Uh, be with David and Olga as they continue. 
uh, to do their ministry work, continue to do your work, uh, and help us, us brothers and sisters, to come alongside them, uh, to remember that there are things going on in this world, that there is evil, there is darkness, Lord. But like Olga said, one little shine, one little light brightens up the whole thing. And that's you, Lord. Your light will overcome darkness. Let us be reminded and be confident in this also that you have and will overcome evil. You will have victory in the end. May we stand firm in that conviction and, and be confident that you are in control. And we would never lose hope and faith in that. Again, we give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.